Hey, good morning, everyone out there. Thanks for joining us here today at Coaching by Jeannie podcast. So excited about this particular podcast because we've got a great guest uh, that we just interviewed, and I'll be sharing that with you in just a bit. Uh, But I wanted to just give you an update on what the focus of this podcast is about. This is really about leadership, leadership in our lives as individuals. It's also about the six core components that make up well-being, which is critical to having leadership in our lives. And one of those core components is what we call wellness. So to set the table a little bit, What is a leader? A leader is someone who guides and influences individuals or a group of individuals toward a common goal. And their well-being is crucial for sustained effectiveness. Prioritizing well-being enables leaders to make better decisions, build resilience, inspire others, foster positive workplace cultures and individual personal cultures, and it contributes to a long-term lifelong success. So there's many different factors that can make up well-being and why it's important for a leader. It can involve decision-making. It increases mental and emotional well-being influences in their decision-making abilities, resilience, which Nicole will be speaking about. It contributes to a leader's resilience in the face of challenges, bouncing back from setbacks, adapt to change, maintain focus in different situations and during difficult times. There's also motivational and inspirational. Uh, A leader's positive mental state can inspire and motivate individuals and teams as well. It's a great way to demonstrate passion, optimism, and a sense of purpose, which are more likely to cultivate a positive aurora when it comes from you. That's what you radiate out into the world. And if that's what you're radiating out into the world, that's what the world is going to radiate back to you. It also creates greater creativity and innovation. Leaders who prioritize their mental and physical health, they're more likely to foster a culture of creativity within their teams, encouraging fresh ideas and solutions. And then lastly, long-term success in life. Leaders who are prioritizing their well-being are more likely to sustain long-term success. They avoid burnout. They avoid chronic stress, which all can lead to poor performance, decreased job satisfaction, and even health issues, which can really undermine a leader's ability to lead effectively over time. So with that said, Nicole is soon going to be sharing with us the interview that we just had. Again, it's really all inspiring and it's going to go over all of these areas that we just spoke about. One of the last things I do want to share with you, there are six components to overall well-being and places for us all to look. One is physical which is nutrition, it's aerobic, it's anaerobic, exercise, sleep, hygiene, etc. There's the emotional component, which is service to others, experiencing awe, expressing joy, expressing anger, socializing, music and art, touch and hugs, contribution, laughing, play, 
spiritual, which can be prayer, contribution, music, meditation, gratitude. Next is mental, which can be education, challenges, growth, reading, conversation, creativity, values. Then there's relationship. Relationship can be acknowledgments. It can be needs assessment, completion, authentic sharing, service, and looking to the future. And lastly is lifestyle, which can include budget and finance, business plan, retirement plan, financial plan, goals based in value, and career. We can have a continuation of these six core components that are very instrumental in superb well-being. These are all places to look. There's six core components, and they really benefit us in our overall uh, life and the success of it. And that is physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, relationship, and lifestyles. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to have Nicole Kafalis share with her life story about Empower Fitness, which she founded. Now, while her story may resonate differently for men and women, the core message transcends gender, taking charge of our health, building supportive communities, and pushing beyond limitations are universal themes that anyone can learn from. So we'll see you in a bit. Are you feeling stuck in life? Do you need a new career? Want to be an effective executive leader? Wouldn't you love to live in the world of possibilities where the unknown exists? Mind, body, soul, and their interconnectedness to achieving ultimate performance in one's life is crucial to living your best life. Hi, I'm Jeannie. I coach individuals to transform their lives through mindset shifts by living in excellence. My specialties include transformational coaching, leadership, and executive coaching. The goal is to develop high-performing individuals who make shifts in their lives that lead to their transformation and their vision for achieving their best life. You can reach me at my email address, which is genie at coachingbygenie.com. My website is www.coachingbygenie.com, and that's genie with two N's. I have some complimentary discovery calls that are available, so feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you, share my story with you, and share how you can have the vision to live your best life ever. And welcome back, everyone. And... um, Really excited about our guest that we have here today, Nicole Kafalis, who is the CEO and founder of Empower Fitness. She is our special guest. And of course, our segment to continue our segment, focusing on leadership as in one's own life. And also um, one of the six core components of overall well-being is wellness and also leadership. So today, Nicole is going to be sharing with us her remarkable story around fitness, nutrition, and community, and how over a period of time, 
her success with all of that developed um, her wonderful company, Empower Fitness, which is located in Lexington, Massachusetts. So um, just a little bit of an intro for um, you all out there in the audience. Nicole's business, Empower Fitness, has flourished and thrived by creating a community with a coveted waiting list for membership. At Empower Fitness, coaches develop deep and ongoing relationships with each member to tailor and modify plans that push through obstacles and find ways to continue to be sex, sex, excuse me, successful. So that's wonderful, Nicole. You Thank have you. a waiting list. Congratulations <laughs> to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah we're, we're really proud. I mean, it's definitely a team effort, what we created Empower Fitness. But it is a community. And honestly, I benefit being the leader of the community as much as the clients and, and, and team do. I mean, it really is. We, um, we are stronger together, for sure. Yeah. Team effort, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really blessed with a great team that yeah. has stuck with me. And uh, it, it's sort of funny that nobody wants to leave. Um, <laughs> they're always like, I get texts from my coaches all the time going, these are the most amazing people. Thank you so much for allowing me to work. I mean, how many people get opportunities like that? In fact, I was joking because at Empower, when you don't show up, I send messages out. And if you stop responding, which happens because people really struggle with being committed to staying healthy that eventually I'll reach a point where I'm like, I can't keep taking your money. I need to, I think it's appropriate to end a relationship. And that happened three times in December. And each time the person said, please don't let me go. That's, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I said, but you haven't been coming. They're like, I promise. One, one person referred to the program as her North Star. And she, wild. Yeah, so this is like the only... It gives I think, me goosebumps. I know. I think this is the only gym membership where if you don't show up, you get a phone call. And it's not like I want to break up with anybody. I just feel that if I'm not serving them, we're not serving them, then this is only adding stress to their lives. And um, it is a pretty special place when people are like, please don't end my membership. Yeah. And then when they come back, because that's what always happens is is they eventually like I'm ready now, um, and I needed you there just to remind me. Mm -hmm. That's so, exceptional. Oh, it yeah. really is. Thank you. And um, so, what do you feel is the the main root of that success that people just don't want to stop their membership? Well, you know, I'm really proud as somebody who's been in the industry for a long time and, and people will contact me after there, there's one woman in particular, it was pretty emotional for me. She contacted me during COVID. She's in her seventies. Oh, she had wow. worked with me uh, 10 years ago in Wellesley and had commented that she'd never been in such great shape. And now she couldn't get off the couch. Oh, no. and um, she said, what should I do? And I said, it's going to be slow and steady, but we'll get there. And she lives out in Colorado now. So we, you know, we wouldn't have been able to work together without this format um, because we're remote as well. And that was in December of 2021. And since that time, she has gone and injured herself surfing in Hawaii. Oh, <laughs> that was That's... that was one of our recoveries. I mean, what more could you want? Like a seven-year-old 
she jumps on the session and everyone's so excited to see her and the other members are really feeding off of her en energy and she's working out with somebody who's in Chicago who has her own injury and she's recovering and then she's working out with a triathlete here in, in Boston. And Amazing. I mean, just like we, it's not, it's not like, it's not like every journey is going to be the same, mm -hmm. but yet we are connected in that we're on a journey. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Like we constantly have to pivot. We mm -hmm. constantly have to learn how to make adjustments when we have these moments of like, I can't get off the couch. Mm -hmm. And my big thing I mean, this is this is so powerful for me is that, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and um, my 85 year old mother was in the hospital with an injury over in December and I'm working and I'm managing everything. And um, I finally sat her down and basically treated her like a client. And um, and she every time I called her every morning, she would sound so depressed and like, what's my life? what's what's it what's the purpose at 85 if I'm in so much pain mm -hmm. and I finally said to her and I've been with her with all her doctor's appointments and I said mom there's something better for you and now when I pick up the whenever I call her every morning at seven and every time she picks up the phone she just says thank you so much I'm so excited she's like now she's planning to dance at my niece's wedding oh. instead of saying you know which home should I go into that's a beautiful and that yeah. is like the gift of community yeah. and health and wellness. It's like, and you never know when it's going to hit you. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, what What else do you feel in in our own lives? And I know age can be somewhat a factor too. But just to be leaders in our own life, can you share with us how you know having that defined workout plan for a person, that defined nutritional plan. And then that, and I know in your program, you have a defined community where you actually cook meals together. Mm -hmm. So how all of that can be the catalyst and inspiration for someone to have leadership in their own lives? You know, I think, and, and you know, people make assumptions um, you know, for example, they'll see me and be like, oh, you're fit, you're really healthy. And to think that I don't have to constantly be a work in progress personally myself, and that in order to be successful, you know, uh, I'll give you an example. I am 50 years old. Um, and I think we talked, I, I think, you know, a little bit about my history. And my history is that I've struggled with medical issues all my life. I was yeah. diagnosed with lupus when I was five. And then in 2011, I was diagnosed with MS. And in that journey, I have learned the value of pivoting and seeing if I'm going down one path, it might not serve me. And how do I adjust and work on getting on a different path that's going to serve me? Mm -hmm. So when I turned 50, I was very cocky. I was like, I'm going to run the Athens Marathon and I'm going to climb all the 48, 4,000 footers. And I was at the top of the mountain and I was like, ah, 50, I own this. Confidence, I was, I right? I confident, right? <laughs> and then <laughs> COVID hit me for the first time. I got the first, my first round of COVID and I was knocked out. I put on 15 pounds. I couldn't understand where it came from. I was feeling terrible constantly. Over, over what period of time? It was so fast. I went from seriously on the top of the mountain to on the couch, <laughs> like within, I ran the Athens Marathon. I didn't feel great when I ran it. And I came back. I started seeing my doctors. I'm like, what is going on with me? And I had like, um, 
I'm going to be completely transparent here. I actually had a belly that I couldn't manage. Like I was, I gained like six inches around my waist and I had always used that as like a telltale sign of like, what do I need to do? Right. Yeah. So here I am. I just turned 50. I'm running a wellness business and I'm like, how the heck can I promote wellness when I have no control over my body? Yeah. And it was just like all my other diagnoses. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. So I went and just like a typical, you know, just like any typical person in Boston, I'm in the best medical facilities in the world. I signed up for every doctor you can imagine. Saw like four gynecologists because, you know, I thought maybe this was hormonal. I had no idea. Well, it took me a year to figure this out. Wow. And then I actually hired somebody from my company as well as a trainer to be my coach. Oh, wow. Because I realized like I needed to pivot and I didn't know how. Yeah. And so you were self-aware enough oh, that you needed oh, yeah. somebody you to can't, work like, with you. I, even, every, again, everybody assumes I have all the certifications in the world you can imagine. I have all the experience and I was at the top of the mountain celebrating my amazingness. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and I, was at the, and then yeah. I fell right <laughs> off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like looking. Yeah. I um I purchased a glucose monitor. I hired a dietitian. I... Um, I pulled a coach that I felt would really match our community. And I went on my own journey, just like I would as a client. Mm -hmm. And went from, I spent, I'm an avid runner. I, you know, even though I was in pain, I was trying to run and I was spent four months on the couch with a boot, unable to walk. Um, I had to give up all my clothes. I wore overalls and flowy dresses, like nothing fit me. Yeah, yeah. And in this process, I've actually at 51 found a a physical body that I enjoy more at 51 than I did at 29. I understand that. Yeah, so, that's fantastic. But again, I had to sort of be aware that things weren't working. Mm-hmm. And as a leader at Empower, I also was wondering how can I bring people on this journey if I won't admit that I'm struggling myself? Yeah. I was very open with my clients. I'm figuring this out. I I really grew as a coach and as well as a 51-year-old woman who had heard from every single doctor that this was just part of aging. And by the way... Is that what they said to you? That's what they said part to Part of me. aging. And, oh. and, and, and I have, again, the best doctors in the world and realized that all the stuff that I'd been doing and I'd learned with fitness was now a detriment to my health, and I had to make some adjustments and changes. And that's thanks to a year of research, great coaching, and a great community. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so what you portrayed to your members was just realness. No, there right? is. Um, there, I would say the, the comment I get most from people is maybe TMI. I share everything. <laughs> I have no secrets. Yeah. I feel that it's really important that I can't be sitting with somebody while they're struggling and saying, well, I'm everything's great for me. Mm -hmm. I really had to make sure that I'm in the trenches with them, that I'm very honest, that this is not there are no there isn't a one, two, three step plan for everybody. Mm -hmm. We have to pivot with our wellness with with everybody at all times. Mm-hmm. So you might be on a path that's working for you in your 20s. Yeah. And it stops working for you in your 40s and you need to pivot again. Mm-hmm. And what 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 works for one person 
might not work for you? Mm -hmm. And how do you make the adjustments? Mm -hmm. If you don't mind, I'd like to share with you like one thing that sort of blew my mind. I'd love to hear it. Okay. So when I was wearing a glucose monitor, mm -hmm. I one of my traditional things that I'd always heard in fitness was it's great to do a fasting cardio workout. So on an empty stomach, you go for a run. I'd always like, so that was my routine. I established it. It was wonderful. So I'm wearing a glucose monitor. I go out for a run and my glucose spikes to 160. And that's high. That's high for yeah. someone who's not diabetic. Mm -hmm. And then, so I called up the company, the nutritionist, and I was asking them questions. And it, I came to the conclusion that whatever stress I was dealing with emotionally, my body couldn't handle those fasting runs anymore. So just changing a simple habit of eating a nice, healthy breakfast 30 minutes before I went for that run, it gave it such a different impact. And then I started to notice the value because I'd always been so careful about everything I put in my body that I was like, oh, I can't eat bread and I can't eat that. And now I eat bread, I eat rice, because at a certain point, our body needs different things and we need to make changes. So mm -hmm. although I might have lost weight or been healthier and felt great in my 40s by eating less bread. Right now, I, I, I think I mentioned to you, I have a wonderful um, bakery that I go to. Yes, you did. <laughs> and I got to try that bakery yeah, too. So, yeah. So it's like we, we, ha we can't get stuck into thinking that we can't do something because we saw it on an Instagram reel or we talked to a friend who said, give up bread, it's going to yeah. save you. Or eat bread, it's going to yeah. save you. You really need to sort of find out the right plan for you. Yeah. So it's sort of, it's a little bit modification and also just not abstaining from anything. Incorporate various things within your diet as long as it's in moderation. I would say the biggest mistake I made as a coach and as somebody who has struggled with weight issues my entire life is food elimination. You're absolutely ah, right. Yeah. So to sit and say, you know, um, you know, on January 1, I'm never going to eat a slice of bread again, or I'm going to give up sugar for the rest of my life, like all those things. In fact, I had some amazing cookies last night. And <laughs> this is the fittest I've ever been in my entire life. So, you know, I had what kind were they? Nicole? Oh, my so <laughs> a wonderful story. My daughter made them. And we didn't have brown sugar. So she used molasses. And it was like, oh, a, like a, an experiment that turned into a wonderful treat. Awesome. So why would I not enjoy that moment with my daughter having an amazing um, surprise cookie? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. And molasses sweetens everything. Oh, so. my gosh. What a, a nice surprise a... that we'd ruined all our brown sugar and we ended up with these amazing cookies. <laughs> Again, pivoting. Pivoting. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you see that? And uh, you're so right about pivoting and having the self-awareness. You need to do both over time within your lifetime not only with health and wellness, but also in leadership too as well. So how do you, as an owner of Empower Fitness and seeing all the changes in all of your members and they want to hang on, how do you see that empowering uh, people in their leadership, in their day-to-day -day lives by having something like this incorporated in their life? Well, you know, I think, I, think, um, I don't know if I mentioned it, earlier, but I do think that we're stronger together. Yeah. And I you, think when you have a community and you can find, you know, when you're 
50 years old and you're trying to do all these amazing, you know, these things of managing family and work and life. And then you talk to a 70 year old who's just like, I did all that. And now I'm, I'm surfing in Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> like it motivates us to the purpose and we can gain so much from each other when yeah. we have those experiences. So yeah, you know, I do feel like when we, when well, first of all, I mean, when you can sleep through the night, oh, it's wonderful. And you wake up the next morning, you are a different person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so being healthy enough to get a good night's sleep, I don't think we understand how important that is until you've had sleepless nights. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you ex you're expected to perform the next day. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I work with a lot of clients who have like who've suffered with migraines. And nobody else can see that, but they're mm -hmm. expected to show up and be amazing. Mm -hmm. And they can't function because they're having chronic migraines that are related to either how they're eating or exercises that or movements that have tightened up their muscles around their neck. Yeah. So just engaging in these behaviors, when you feel good, you can do amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so true. Like you go into Athens, right? Oh, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a blast. <laughs> Yeah. So this is so inspirational and so motivational, too, as well. And, um, you know, along with everything that you're saying around um, exercise, wellness, nutrition, I also see an added benefit. And that is really sound mental health, which is so important. And our outlook on life and how that changes. For instance, just that like that 70 year old that went surfing in Hawaii. That had to have a huge impact in her entire mental health. There is so much that we do. You know, I always, when I look and I work with a new client, there's physical stress and emotional stress. Yeah. And they are so interconnected and we don't realize it. Uh, one of the best compliments I got from a member who's in her late 50s, she said to me, I realized for the first time in my life, I had a stressful experience, but I didn't have anxiety related to it. Ah, and I okay. was like, wow, like, great, you've lost 25 pounds. But honestly, that is so much more amazing. Yeah. Like you didn't even know that that was possible. And a lot of that is, is like, how do we expect so much from our bodies when we aren't I think I think the biggest thing that I'm I'm dealing with clients right now is that when they are motivated to lose weight and these strong, powerful, brilliant, focused people decide to lose weight, they're like, great, I'm going to be super careful about what I eat. Well, guess what? When you cut your calories and you're not giving yourself enough energy to function, that leads a to a stressful response from your body. Yeah. And that impacts it's like a chain reaction that will impact your work and your relationships. I spend so much time saying, instead of focusing on restricting your calories, could we focus on eating as many healthy foods as possible <laughs> and maybe adding a 20 minute walk after a meal? Could you go to the people that you work with and say, can we do a weekly meeting that's walking instead of sitting. Is that is that possible? Yeah, I love that one. I'm a big proponent. Is that hey, you got to have lunch? Well, do you want to have a walking lunch? Yes. You know? Yeah, like look for ways well, in your life right? to, make, to be healthier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, um, 
They oh, I've also heard that instead of having that hour workout that's intense, go on 20-minute walks or 20-minute exercises, whatever you're going to do throughout the day. Depending on where you are in your life, you're absolutely right. I had I had another client who was going to all these other workouts that they measure your heart rate and do everything. I said, okay, can you send me all the data from your workouts? And she wanted to know why she wasn't losing any weight, even though she'd cut all her calories and was doing these intense workouts. And I said, and she wants to know why her stress level was so out of control. And I said, well, you're never relaxing. Like even ah. like everything you're doing mm -hmm. is intense. Mm -hmm. And she had um, stomach issues and, and legit symptoms related to not feeling well. So after it's been two months, yeah, I've told her she could not do intense workouts anymore, that we're going to take it easy and we're going to show her how to move pain free and with a purpose. She's down 20 pounds. Oh, All no. her symptoms are gone. And what's the period of time that this 20 so that So that was two months. Two months, because okay. she And making her eat more food. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and, she uh, ha she's motivated. Yeah. She wants to be different. But we're running around sort of like with chickens with our heads cut off, trying to be like, well, maybe I should try this. And, and it cracks me up every time somebody's like sending me, my clients send me Instagram reels or TikToks. And like, what do you think about this? And I go... Well, I'm pretty sure the best advice we're going to get on wellness is through TikTok. So we should probably, we should probably, you know, get, you know, write everything down. And they laugh because they realize the absurdity of it. But we're, it's so seductive. Yeah. And when somebody, you know, who's wearing a really appealing outfit tells you to do something, you're like, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to really sort of understand there's a lot more to that information and how do we really customize it yeah. to each person. Absolutely. Customization is is key because what's going to work for a 20-year-old isn't going to work for a 50, 60, 70-year-old. Yes. When it's you're, different. When you're running around bringing your kids from activity to activity, looking at colleges, managing an elderly parent, working full-time, and you are in constant stress mode, and then you go and do a 45-minute workout which says burn as many calories as humanly possible. It is no surprise mm -hmm. that your weight continues to go up. Mm -hmm. In fact, I had a woman, and I have a lot of my clients track their food. There's a lot of people come to me for weight loss. And she's 61 years old, and she's a brilliant lawyer. She's amazing, and she's barely consuming 900 calories a day. Yeah, skiing oh all gosh. day. And, oh. and so I send her a message, and I said, well, can you do me a favor? Schedule a coaching session right away. Give your body a big hug and say things will get better. <laughs> Did she do that? She did. She did. <laughs> and and the other thing that makes me laugh, she goes, "But your food, just so much food, I can't eat it all." And I and and because I see all my clients at track, and I said, "Well, you know that burger that I told you to eat, which is healthy, is about three hundred calories. The three glasses of wine you have on vacation is a lot more calories. Mm. So it's about choices that we're making, and right. how do we make choices?" You know, you can have, you could have three glasses of wine and still be successful, but don't tell me that you can't eat a healthy burger because it's too much for you. Like we have to, and again, she, I absolutely love this client. She's fabulous. She's amazing. But we get so, we, when you take a really disciplined person with so much information coming their way, you can see why mistakes happen with wellness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, for sure, I do. And you're so right. I like what you said earlier about how everything is just so connected. So the mind, body, soul, 
and their interconnectedness Absolutely. is what gives us the success. But to your note, too, what you've shared is we have to modify that over, you know, I don't know how you work it. Is it every 10 years, every five years, or does it go by what you're, what's going on in your life currently? I'm a strong believer that we need to, and and so the another thing that I'm a yoga instructor well as well. And, oh, I and, didn't know that. Yes, neat. So I do something called yoga therapy. Okay. And what yoga therapy does, it starts recognizing and listening to your body, mm-hmm. and it's very important that you communicate that. So sometimes, because I've been in the industry for a long time, I notice that people are too polite and want to muscle through movements. So they see somebody else doing, for example, a downward facing dog, their shoulders are killing them, but they're like, oh, I got to do it. That person's doing it. And with yoga therapy, it's constant communication. My clients, I'm like, I want to hear how you're feeling. And then we move in a way that suits you. So although somebody right next to you can be doing a downward facing dog for 10 breaths, that might just destroy your shoulders that are struggling because you're spending too much time sitting. So let's spend time understanding why you have pain in that position and then voice that and then let's make adjustments. And it's so powerful. I have actually had a lot of clients cry oh, because yeah. it's very emotional when they recognize that actually pain is not, it's not something you'd be so afraid of, but it's also information that you need to share with your coaches so we know how to help you. Yeah, so you can make it better. We, we want to make it better. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so again, you know, it's not like I have a one-size-fits-all plan. For, and I, wouldn't, I, would, I would hope nobody would leave here and say, oh, my gosh, I need to go to the bakery right away to be successful. <laughs> again, it's a great bakery. But there's so, there's so many nuances to health and wellness that it's – you know, as soon as you hear one piece of advice doesn't mean that you should just stop everything you're doing and follow it. Mm -hmm. It really is. What are you doing that makes you feel amazing? What do you do in your life? You know, also, I, I want to go out to dinner and order whatever I want on a menu. How do I make that happen? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how do how does somebody have a glass of wine or, or, you know, all these things, Mm -hmm. instead of being restricted and miserable? Mm -hmm. That's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not fun either. No, it's not. Yeah, it's fun. not a way to enjoy life. Because, bottom line, we want to do all this, uh, all of the nutritional and exercise and yoga, yeah. which is a form of meditation as well. Absolutely. And, but we also want to be able to enjoy life too, as well. Yeah. Somebody, so. one of my clients, because I was working out with him, he said, you know, it's, so with my clients, I have everybody on my watch. So every time they do a workout, I'm alerted to it. <laughs> wow. And, but they're also alert. That is connected. I am very connected. <laughs> so I do text them right after they do a walk and be like, I'm really proud of you or I'll, or notice that oh, they haven't wonderful. been moving and, I'll, and I'll, I'll send something out. So, so but, it's a lot of accountability. A lot of accountability. Yeah. But they also see everything I do. Ah. So one of, my, one of my clients said to me, he goes, I notice you've been running a lot. Are you training for a marathon? And he's like, or he's like, what are you training for? Are you training for a marathon? And, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't really have a response. And this morning when I was out running pain-free, I thought to myself, I know what I'm training for. I'm training for life. Like this is the best feeling. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no, I'm not going to be crossing a ribbon anytime soon. Like I'm not, I'm 51 years old. I ran 
six miles this morning, completely pain-free. Awesome. And every movement felt fantastic. That's fantastic. That's, that's a dream. Yeah. That's living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. And that's living a great life, too. Oh, it's great. I yeah. felt awesome. That's so awesome. Um, yeah. This is really an inspiring uh, story. Um, and I'm going to ask you, I'm just going to be up front and ask, you know, because I'm sure the audience would like to hear it, too. But with the illnesses that you had, which you were, were you in your 40s then? I was actually five when I was first diagnosed with lupus. Oh, you were five. Wow. And okay. then I lived with that and was doing great. Yeah. And then at um, right before I turned 40, my lupus was, they said it was burning out. And then I was diagnosed with MS. Oh, wow. Yeah. So with that, those kinds of diagnosis, um, how... How did that help you to where to see the vision that you have that you're experiencing today? How did that align to get you to the place where you are today? Did that motivate you more? Did you find yourself become a little depressed because those are some pretty um, tall, you know, illnesses to overcome? How did that motivate you to do what where you? to do what you're doing today. Absolutely. So I think, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this because people always ask, and um, I have great doctor's appointments right now where my doctors comment that I, you know, they just let me figure stuff out now, which is pretty darn amazing. Every <laughs> for, time- For a doctor to let you figure it yeah, out? There yeah, that's like, pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's like, tell me, tell me what you figure out. And they're wonderful, and I've been with them for a long time. And- I, I had a moment where I realized I've never had a decade that wasn't pain-free. Okay. And then, and I think when it comes to one of my biggest turning points is I had just, my dad was dying. Okay. I just found out my niece was terminal and my husband was out of work. And oh, wow. I, oh it, it just, it just imagine like everything. And I'm sitting on the couch right after I get my spinal, um, they're checking my spinal fluid. And they told me I had to lay on the couch afterwards because they worried about leaking spinal fluid out. Oh, so I decide that I'm going to sit on the couch and watch the saddest things in the world. Because <laughs> I'm like, this will inspire me to be like, okay, things aren't that bad. So I watched, back then it was Dr. Phil, because that was on. So I was watching some Dr. Phil stories about some drama, and I'm like, they have nothing on me. Like, this is, <laughs> they can't, these people can't compete. And so then I'm watching these sad movies about cancer, and I just start getting even sadder because I'm like, I see them having a future, and I don't see myself having a future. And that really scared me. And then I, and then I watched this movie about this amazing, a true story about a pianist who, um, is in the Holocaust and his amazing survival. Oh, and I'm wow. like, God, that's inspirational. And I'm like, but he has a talent. He's, yeah. a, he's an amazing pianist. I don't yeah. even have a friggin' talent. I'm so depressed. Like yeah. I've got nothing. I'm sitting on the couch, incredibly depressed. And I recognize that this is my, one of my lowest points in life. And this is one of my defining moments. And, and when I talk with a client and they tell me that things are, are, terrible. I don't try to compare with them like your your st your story's not as hard as mine or your story's harder than mine. There's just this moment where we all have these moments on the couch where we feel like we can't get back up. And then when we accept that it's painful and that this is a powerful moment, that's when change really happens. Yeah. 
So you know what? I wasn't going to become a concert pianist on that couch. That wasn't in my future. Right. Yeah. But I had the ability to recognize that there was still a future for me. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually. And the motivation. Well, you know what? I would say that I, I, I joke with my husband. I don't consider myself very motivated. I consider myself incredibly resilient. Okay. And, and I think there's a difference because I do have moments where I'm sitting on the couch saying, I don't want to get up. But what makes you get up? Is that I recognize that the option of not is more terrifying. Ah, got it. Yeah. Makes so, sense. Yeah. So like, was I going to be stuck on that couch the rest of my life? Not if I chose to get up. And it's a choice. It is a choice. We have a choice. We have a choice. And yeah. again, it doesn't always feel like that. And you can spend a little more time on that couch. Mm-hmm. And you can, and you, I asked for help. I was communicated. Um, I remember that Christmas, I was too depressed. It was also my birthday. I didn't, oh. I didn't want to celebrate my birthday. I didn't mm-hmm. want to celebrate Christmas. And then my daughters were young at the time. <laughs> and they walked down the street to Walgreens. They bought a, um, a, uh, an album, a photo album. Yeah. They printed out all these photos of my life with my dad because he was dying and of them. And they left a whole bunch of pages blank. Oh. And these were my young kids. Oh, dear. So we, we do find strength. I wasn't the best parent, but I, had, I was a really good mom to make these amazing people that got me off the couch. And I, and I, you know, I didn't get them a lot of presents that year. I just couldn't function. And, and it was an, it was a really hard time. So, and I remember everyone's like, come on, you want to celebrate your 40th birthday? I was like, I don't want to celebrate it. And then, and then when other people were celebrating their 40th birthdays, I was so angry. I was like, how can you have a peaceful 40? I was, and I acknowledge that I, I no longer have that anger, but on my, right before COVID hit 2019, I told my husband, I said, um, I want to go to Paris. I want to celebrate my birthday in Paris with all my family. So his mom came, my daughters came, and I said, on my actual birthday, I want to walk and just find every single Leclerc in Paris. <laughs> did you? <laughs> we did. And it was it was so different from that couch. It was so different. And I didn't want something fancy. Well, I guess that was fancy. But it was so, it was, it, I wouldn't have gotten there without having that couch moment. Yeah. And I don't yeah. need like big parties. And I mm-hmm. don't have that anger anymore when mm-hmm. somebody celebrates. I was so angry when I saw people celebrating their 40th birthday with their dad. Yeah. That like killed me. Yeah. Yeah. And I sat in front of the Louvre enjoying this wonderful eclair. And I said, I'm so glad I had that moment on the couch because I wouldn't be here without mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I think recognizing that we have growth in those really tough moments is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have been able to help that amazing client who injured herself mm-hmm. uh, um, in Hawaii if I didn't have that moment on the couch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so true. And, and that is such a powerful statement about realizing your growth in order to go on because I, I think you're a lifelong learner. That's what I propose, that I am a lifelong learner to the day I die. And so we're going to continue to see growth in our life because of that. So um, it's amazing to see the growth of your business and to know that you've got a waiting list. And it sounds like you really recognize every individual 
that's important within your business as of today, as well as your members are important. So what do you think is the key ingredient by having a business to this day where there's a waiting list? Well, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have worked for a lot of people in the industry. And I think one of the things that I wanted to be special at Empower was to eliminate all the pressures associated with getting healthy. Okay. So when I worked for other people, I had a really hard time forcing them to sign contracts that made them commit to a year. Because I felt that when we do that as a company, we're less, we're, we're not held as accountable as they are. Mm -hmm. So the idea behind wellness and fitness is that you sign up as we want to hold you accountable. But then where does that come as a business owner? Like, right. where is my accountability if I've just received, you know, a year's worth of, of money from you? Mm -hmm. So knowing that as a business owner, I get to set my own rules, which is that they can cancel a membership at any time. In fact, if a charge went through at my business, they could call me up and say, can you please reverse the charge? Because I want to understand why they want to leave and how I can help them, even if they want to leave my business. All I care about is them being healthy. Mm -hmm. So I think that was one of the biggest changes I did as a business owner is I recognized that I saw what other people were doing. And again, it works for them, which is totally fine. But I wanted to create a culture and a community that didn't make wellness stressful. Mm -hmm. And I want, if you don't show up for a class, I'm not just excited to collect the charge that went through. I want to know why mm -hmm. and how do we support you? And maybe if you couldn't come to that class, can I give you a little workout to do right now? Mm -hmm. Because life gets, life is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be one of the things that's overwhelming mm -hmm. in your life. Right, right. So I see the commitment, the commitment to the whole process that you have for your members, for your the people that work with you, the coaches, everybody. Yeah. There's the, a com big commitment. Oh, it's 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 amazing mm -hmm. how important it is that my coaches feel that I value them. We had one that um, lost his grandfather and he couldn't work. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'll cover all your classes so you make sure you get paid without missing a session. Oh, that's amazing. And, and the members knew that. Mm -hmm. And when he came back to work, he thanked me because he goes, it, was, it helped me in the healing process to be around these people yep. that had my back. And you probably knew that. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's when you lose somebody, the last thing that you want to hear is, okay, so you're going to get docked a paycheck. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It's the last thing. Yeah. So yes. I was happy to pick up the slack so mm -hmm. he would feel support and love. And mm -hmm. that's that's a relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, and then um, something that um, goes with leadership and long-term success is when leaders have start to get burnout and they have chronic stress in their lives and it leads to poor performance or poor leadership and they have a whole team underneath them. So it really undermines a leader's ability to lead effectively over time if it's not dealt with. So a program like this, if they would have that in their lives, this would be something that holds them accountable, and it would be customized for them 
to get over that um, place that they're currently in to start enjoying an outlet for their uh, chronic stress, for their burnout. Um, what do you have to say about that? It's so much easier to say you want to do that. And it's so hard to execute. Mm -hmm. So like, it's so hard not to get sucked into, you know, going back to these patterns of behavior that you've become accustomed to, which is work, 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 socialize, work, work, work. I don't have time to, to take care of myself. You, you, you very eloquently expressed the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And I do find that a lot of people come to be motivated. It's just hard to take that motivation into being executed into a plan that works. And even though I hold their hand, I think there is so much stress, especially when you're a high achiever. Yeah. There's so much stress associated with the smallest failure. Mm -hmm. So like when I say things, can you drink, you know, 64 ounces of water and mm -hmm. they can't get to 40? Oh. <laughs> like it's, it's oh. heartbreaking for them. And so we have to like, I don't think people realize that, great, you did 40, let's build on that. Yeah. I think a high achiever is just like, I didn't do it. And they're too critical of themselves. Absolutely. And they, they fail to acknowledge the little steps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I that's was, really critical. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I joke, especially with my female clients and friends who are overachievers, who are hitting 50, and we've noticed that there's been sort of this sort of uh, underlying midlife crisis situation going with women our age. Mm -hmm. And I joke with them, I'm like, you guys are amazing and successful. I will I will guide you on being um, less motivated and less, re and, and less intense in life, because mm -hmm. that's what I've been doing. The only thing I consider myself amazingly successful at is living. I'm pretty average at everything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an accomplishment Thank to you. say I'm, that you're amazing at living. I'm the only thing I can, I, I wasn't a great student. I was a difficult kid, but my gosh, I know how to live. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Nicole. I One thing that I'd like you to just share with the entire audience is where are you going from here? <laughs> um, Have you thought about that? Well, you know, I, I I joke that, you know, I know this is a typical line, and, and if you use it in your business, I apologize. I don't mean to dismiss it. One of the hardest questions that I get is like, what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? And maybe it's because I come from a history of chronic disease where I didn't even think I was going to be able to have kids. Yeah. So five years, 10 years is terrifying for me. Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, I know what my lunch is going to be, and... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I know. I know what I know how much water I plan on having today. Yeah. That's good. But I like that cuz that's taking things slow. Oh yeah, I one step at a time. We're so much into the future as a population. Uh, what are we going to be doing? Oh, what do I have to do tonight instead of being present? Absolutely. In the moment. I will it's huge. Yes, I, I, That's what I'm learning now. I love it. I have to say, <laughs> I've, I'm very much in the moment. And I thank my illness for getting me to that point where I I joke. I know that I have a four o'clock walk plan today. Awesome. I do it every day with my dog and we really enjoy it. 
Um, and I am the slowest walker in the world because I'm so distracted with all the amazing things around me. The nature. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I'm a terrible planner, but my gosh, I know that I will have a really good day today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. I, um, would like to, I guess we we got to get to the point where we're going to start ending things here. And it's been such a lovely conversation. Thank you. For all of the audience out there, as well as myself, what would be the suggestion that you have, um, other than what we just discussed about being present and living in the moment, what would be the most, um, I don't know, poignant thing? that you'd like to have the audience have a takeaway from our podcast here today? I think recognizing that it's not, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. It's, it's very powerful when you accept it's uncomfortable, especially if you need to make changes. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. Like, just don't be overwhelmed by all the things you need to do or where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Focus on making the small changes mm -hmm. that you know will get you there mm -hmm. and be consistent. So when you make the goal of drinking 64 ounces and you struggle to hit 60, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. And then you see somebody who says, buy this, buy this special drink will help you get there <laughs> or take this special pill. Have faith in the process and the goals you've set for yourself instead of being distracted with what everybody else is doing around you. Mm -hmm. And you can actually, you know, that's that's beautifully and well said. Thank you. Because that can also be used out in the business world, too, with performance mm -hmm. and not being so hard on ourselves. Absolutely. On performance and acknowledging the little wins. Yeah, you know, in fact, I, for a while, because one of the things that, that – that I had all my clients do. I said, I want you to go listen to some music for a while. And I love want you music. <laughs> I love music love too. And I said, I want you to find one love song that makes you feel that it reflects you. Mm -hmm. Like find, like I think the best relationship I've had in my entire life is mine with myself. Like I, I enjoy everything about being with me. Mm-hmm. And that makes me have a better relationship with my husband Absolutely. and my children. It and does. they sort of tease me about being overly confident. And I'm like, why is it so wrong to be in love with yourself? It's not. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> and, and, and what you said is beautiful because in order to love someone else, we ha it all starts with us. It all starts with You have us. to love yourself first before you can love someone else. If you don't enjoy spending 30 minutes with a walk by yourself. There's something wrong. There's something yeah, wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So spend some time finding out what's really special and unique about you. And again, there's so many beautiful love songs out there. I... And, you know, I've been married for over 30 years, but honestly, my husband can't compete with me. Like, <laughs> I've been with me for 51 years. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Nicole, would you mind sharing with us what your love song is? Oh, my gosh. It's so embarrassing. And I and there's probably nobody who would know the song unless they're from the 90s. It's called in it was called um, I think it was called In Your Eyes. Yeah. Oh no, no, when I see you smile, that's what it was called. It's like this weird sort of 
b- like heavy metal that did this sort of one song. It was called "Yeah, When I See You Smile." Because okay. I'm like, you know what? I like my smile. Yeah, like, I, my yeah. my teeth are crooked, the, but I know it comes from a really sincere place. It comes from within. Oh yeah, my that's the love for yourself coming out. Oh, when yes. you smile, when I smile, yeah. I'll have to. I'll send you that link to that yeah, song. But do. it was when when I see you smile and my mm-hmm. kids because we were at a restaurant and we were in Pizzeria Regina. I remember it well. And I said, oh, "Here's my love song, everybody." <laughs> and they were like, "Mom, my God!" And I was like, "Girls." If you don't find your own love song, you're in trouble. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. A smile is speaks the same language no matter where yes. in the world With that you're at. With my wonderfully crooked so. teeth that only belong to me, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Nicole, thanks for being here with us. And I know you're going to continue to nail it out there thank in the world. So and thank you for everything that you're doing to improve Uh, the level of humanity and what they experience in their lives. Thank you so much. Okay. 